This is a Think Live Be production. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, everyone. That is very joyful. Mm-hmm. I have my coffee. You're excited to be here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm you excited. mean in my house? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to be here with you and talk about real estate like we love to do. We've already been doing it oh for my the gosh. last but hour and a half. I know. I know. It's never ending over here. I was just doing the dishes. And I was just like, bah, 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 bah. And you're very opinionated about it, too. I've got, yeah. Sometimes well, I get fired up. Sometimes he gets fired up and he's talking and I'm like, let me finish. <laughs> well, you guys know. <laughs> Anyone who listens to this knows. Let me finish. Um, you know, when you have a thought, though, and you want to, like, get through it. But and my I, thoughts can I, ramble on for. <laughs> yeah. If I don't interrupt, I'll never get, we'll never get out of here. <laughs> Well, listen, we have been reading the MRA book as we finished it, right? Yeah, but there's there's actually we didn't actually finish it, just so you know. So I'll just kind of let me just kind of wrap it up. How about that? OK, <laughs> wrap it up. Um, So we we've been doing the MRA millionaire real estate agent book as a, a sort of a book club and talking through the chapters and going over what the book actually says, what things feel like in real life and all of that. We didn't get all the way through for the book club, and I'm not going to go into heavy detail in the receive a million section because I don't know anything about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I have not much to add to that department just yet. Maybe in a couple years, we'll get back to that. But one of the things I'm just the, the big thing with the MREA book is it's you have to understand it's a model for business. It's there's people. Excuse you. Sorry. There's people that have done this already. So if you're getting into real estate as a career and you want to build a a business, this is the book to pick up because it's just the business model for doing this. Just like if you were to buy a franchise or, um, you know, like, I don't know why this. Go to college to learn how to do something. Oh, right. You mean? And there will be case studies. And they don't say, hey, congratulations, Uh, you took a a very easy test. Now you're a doctor. Go figure it out. But every business has some sort of business model that if you intend to be successful, you'd be wise to follow. And so this is that for real estate. And so there's four main models. But that all looks hard. I just want to do it my own way. I just want to sell houses. Right. Well, actually, though, like we shouldn't make fun. If you just want to sell houses, go join a team. Right. That's that's the beauty of this business is you don't have to build a business, a, a business and be, be an about, entrepreneur right, and worry about the business side of it. Yeah. You can join a team people, and just sell houses. Right. But people think when they get the real estate license, they're just going to sell houses and forget that 90% of it is running a business. Right. Just like every houses. other business. Yeah. Like if you want to be a dentist, right. I always say dentist. If you want to be a, bus- a dentist, you still have to run your dentist office business. Yeah. Like which in- is why no offense to Dennis or anybody else, but actually, yeah, offense. 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 Um, it's why it's such a pain in the ass when you and and people don't know they don't run their business the business side to the level in which they should, and that's why you're so frustrated when you call these places. Right. That's true. That's true. But and then they'll, you know, when you first open it up, dentists and doctors' offices and most businesses do things a little bit different than we do. 
which is that they don't um, start out doing it all. They hire people to do the things. Right, right. And we start out doing it all and then hire people. You can come into real estate with $0 in your pocket and do all of the things and gr- then slowly grow a business instead of coming in, having to have some capital, having to have a storefront of some sort. You don't have to have those things mm-hmm. as an agent. Um, so it's it's a cool business. It can be wonderful. It can also be terrible. Um, well, yeah, because when it's all you, there's no one else to blame right, when things true. don't go well. That's true. Right? So in recapping, so there's four models. Economic, that tells you the numbers you need to have to hit your goals. Lead gen, that tells you what are the ways, the sources that you're going to have the business you know, generate the business to hit those numbers. Budget model, how you're going to monitor your money, because it's really easy. And I know people do this all the time. You could sell tons of houses and make zero dollars. And that would be by just spending the money on, you know, whether it's buying leads or, you know, hiring too many people um, and not doing enough sales, whatever the case may be, you can make a lot of sales and still have like you know, 10% profit margin. So this, the budget model gives you a framework for here's how to run a successful business where you actually make a good living for the time that you're going to put in and the headache that it's going to be. <laughs> right. Um, and then there's the org model, which as you start to grow the business, you have to bring in other people and it's a, a framework for who those people would be, what roles would they fill? So that's kind of a recap of the um the models in the book yeah if if you're just joining us you can look in the uh, episode description probably the last 10 episodes start with MREA mm-hmm. start at the first one and then work your way through yeah don't just jump in the middle I mean um, you can you but can. Uh, I would I, just... I'd start at the beginning because yeah. they all flow from one to the next That's and true. It, and it also it opens it it's just like algebra. You can't just jump into the middle of the book. You have to start at the beginning because the stuff you learn at the beginning is being applied later on. I think in the last episode, we talked a little bit about um, balance. And if I'm wrong, then, oh, well, we're going to do it now. <laughs> I have a lot of times people ask me, like, how do you find balance in your life? Like, how do you find time to do things? And you know, they talk about this a lot in this book and, and some other books that Gary Keller and Keller Inc. have published about there's not really any such thing as that. You know, it's this isn't a nine to five type of business. I mean, anytime you're owning your own business, there's going to be things that require your attention outside of nine to five. Yeah. And even if you're on a team, if you say, well, th- you don't have to worry about the business side of it as much. And eventually you're trying to work to nine to five, but you're still an independent contractor and you still can, that's the, that flexibility to a certain degree, well, but, but you, you still, you, that's what you're shooting for. Well, you're shooting for having a pipeline and consistency and things that you can kind of know here's, if I do this, then I get this, the outcome. Right. So I can get to a consistent schedule because I know if I lead generate, and I'm just talking about the models here, if I lead generate for three hours a day, five days a week, I have enough business to do X, right. you know, like take then off you- a Saturday every other weekend. Right. Or maybe you've got enough clients because you've got enough in your pipeline that when somebody comes along and they want to buy 
land in the next town over, you can refer them out. You don't feel like you're so obligated, like, I have to go and take this client because uh, as they just drain all of the time away from you. Well, so I wanted to touch on that a little bit because you never really get to this place where it's like, okay, you know. Yeah, everything's balanced. Everything's balanced. Well, let's do this. Yeah. It's a constant ebb and flow. And so um, one of the things in, in the book, this is the ruling factor of living a counterbalanced life. That's what they call it. Counterbalance is to allow imbalance when key goals are at stake, but not to dwell in that state for too long. You mean so, buckle down? Buckle down. Hunker down. <laughs> Wait, that's for hurricanes. We're in Florida, people. Buckle down. Buckle down. So if you know like, okay. I have a goal to, this is, this is me, right? Where, where I am in my career. Like I have a goal to hire a certain number of people by the end of the year. Well, it's already almost October, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I need to reprioritize and buckle down Mm -hmm. to make sure that I hit that goal. And that might mean that I'm a little bit out of balance for a while because I'm doing more than I normally do right because what you try to not do is overcompensate so Catherine needs to spend more time hiring to get to that point that doesn't mean Catherine says well I'm just going to stop lead genning and then do this you have to still continue the other things it means that it's going to take away from your personal life a little bit that's 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 the part about like that counterbalance so let's say I'm going to hunker down (laughs) I like hunker well, that's because you're from the South. <laughs> I'm going to hunker down. I'm from and... where the pilgrims are from. I like be- buckled. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to hunker down and sit down and I'm going to do these extra activities, even if it means that I'm, you know, maybe spending more hours in the evening doing it or more time on the weekend doing it or whatever needs to happen because they're key goals to the business to achieve the results that I see for our future. And it, it does, it's not even just this year. It's like, okay, what happens if I don't hit that number by this year? That means next year's off track too. That means the following year's off track. So I might hunker down and that's where you say to your, you know, partner or your spouse or whoever, your family, like, hey, I'm going to be really busy for the next couple of months so I can achieve these goals. I need your support. And I need your support. And then after that, I'll get back to a more consistent rhythm. Yeah, because the things that I'm going to do over the next few months are going to lead to consistency. Right. That's the whole point. So when you when you focus on these models, if you do the things in the book, you might start to feel really busy and you might feel out of balance for a while. You will because it's because it's forcing you to do things that aren't the easy way to do it. Yeah. It's like trying to learn how to swing a baseball bat left handed. It's going to be a pain in the ass. For a while until it becomes second nature. Well, that's the thing. And I've, I've said this before on the podcast and I'll say it again. Like one of the, the for whatever level of success I, I have at this point, it is strictly because I've never quit. Yeah. 100%. Because there's plenty of times where I wanted to. Oh. Even thought about it. <laughs> Recently. <laughs> where I look up other jobs online and say I've had it. <laughs> mm-hmm. For various different reasons, right? All the way from when you're a new agent and the reason is that these clients have me in tears. Or there's no crying in real estate, but um, these clients are are terrible or this market is terrible or whatever reasons you can come up with to be upset about your situation. And all the way up till 
you know, now where it's like, oh my gosh, like it's hard to manage people and maybe it would be easier (laughs) to just be a single agent, right? You have different feelings all along this journey of building a career in a long-term business in, and those, those moments take you out of balance and make you feel, um, extra stressed. Yeah. But you have to realize that that's just part of it. And it, if, if you allow real estate to just sort of like, this is just your life and you figure out ways to fit in time to enjoy other things, but it takes time to, that's, that's a discipline. I think like it takes practice to like, I'm going to, I hate this word, but like, I'm going to grind for like five years and just like put in all the effort I can until I get to a consistent level of business where I know that I've got a pipeline Mm -hmm. and then I can start to say, okay, now I'm going to take this day off. If I can just take one day off a week or I can just take one afternoon off. It's, and then I'm going to discipline. It's yeah. Yeah. It's practice. It's a discipline and it's, um, it's, it's what's the, the other word I'm looking for. It's really, I mean, we talk about this kind of thing all the time, but it's really easy when you don't have a boss telling you what to do. It's even easy when you do have a boss telling you what to do to just do the stuff that comes easy. Yeah. To lean into the things that come easy and that you enjoy and all of the broccoli that you don't want to eat to to just push to the side. It takes a discipline to when Catherine said grind, what she's talking about isn't filling your day up with stuff. It's doing the things that you don't want to do. And I know exactly what those things are. Lead generate. (laughs) That's what it is. You don't want to lead generate. You don't want to make the calls. You don't want to call back and get hung up on. You don't want to call your sphere and, and and ask for business. You don't want to do it. So I'm going to spend my time looking for houses for people. You know, I, and and the two the two people that I have that are in the, my pipeline that are looking. I'm going to spend all my day doing that and then at the end of the day I can go and have dinner and I can say I worked all day. It's real easy to look up and it's 3 years later and you're averaging 12 sales a year. That's what ends up happening. When she's saying <laughs> grind, it's doing the things you don't want to do to build a discipline so that you can be successful and create balance because you don't have to when you come when you get those clients that she was talking about that are a pain in the ass that you don't like that are weird you can cut them loose and you don't feel like you have to weird well you know what i'm talking about you can cut them loose you don't have to do it you don't have to drive to the next town over and show um a a eighty thousand dollar house to somebody because you don't have anything else so you feel like you have to do it that is exhausting living your life that way. But if you grind and you do the lead gen like you're supposed to do every single day for those first five years, you will build up the discipline to where it doesn't hurt anymore to do it. You'll build up the calluses and then you will have the the freedom to be able to do what you want to do down the road. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Like this, 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 oh, this is the same. Cut that part out. <laughs> nope. Uh, this is the same though. I feel we were somewhere recently. Um, where were we? we? Oh, we were at your niece's birthday party and somebody was sitting next to me and, and they said that, uh, their forties and fifties were just like a grunt, like grunt work, you know, like, or 
that's not the word she used, but it was something like grind, but it was not right. that word. And it's like, it's true in any industry. Like in order, and I'm not saying to live your life like completely in, in, grossed in work. That's not what I'm talking about. But in order to achieve whatever your big vision is, there is work involved. Right. And so sometimes you have to work a little (laughs) so that you can ball a lot. Yeah. Tom Haverford. (laughs) But the point is, no matter what job you have, in order to grow and to have higher levels of success, you have to put in a lot of effort. And that that shows up in that Like sometimes you're working long hours, sometimes you're doing more than you normally would. And sometimes in our business, that can be a little bit dictated by the market. You might have to call more people in a different market than what we've experienced in the past. Um, We have a a spreadsheet, like a spreadsheet that I had gotten from a, a class that I took and it shows that on average, when you're, when you're talking to people about real estate, um, it's about a 5% contact to set appointment. Meaning if you talk to 20 people, you should set one appointment. That's like a normal average market. And then it right when COVID happened, um, they kind of changed it to 2.5%, which means you have to talk to twice as many people to have the same results, right? And so you can't, if things are shifting or changing, for you, then you can't do the same thing and expect that it's going to just give you the same result. Give you the same result. So that's where that you might have some out of balance feelings while you try to push through a new market or a new tactic and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll, I'll kind of finish up the MREA part um, and then we can talk more about that because I think that's a lot of what I'm I'm seeing and hearing. So let, let people know what they're listening to. Well, hold on. Oh, you're, oh, you were getting there. <laughs> I'm getting there. Please. So, but she wasn't getting there. I reminded her. <laughs> but in all of this, like if you're building a business, leverage such as hiring talented people and setting standards and implementing systems and tools can help making that counter counterbalance easier. You have to set standards and then hold those people responsible for hitting those standards, though. Well, that's true. And that's the struggle. That's that part we talk about, the messy middle. That's the struggle of going from being an agent selling houses to being a team owner and managing people. Your job shifts and you don't really realize how different those skills, that skill set is. Yeah. And so you have to spend some time out of balance learning how to be that a, a coach and a um and a manager. You know, you're kind of playing a and couple a, different and roles. And a cheerleader and and a, cheer- and, a, and somebody who disciplines right. and everything in between. Yeah. But then so from from there though the next transition as you're owning a business and you're hiring people to do the activities that you've been doing for however long, then you're, you know, you're that that's the difference between working in your business and owning one. And then you head into that receive a million, which again, we're not going to get into too much um, because I don't know anything about it. <laughs> so let's, right. let I will, I will say now that if you've been listening this long, <laughs> you have been listening this long and this is our podcast it's called Seeking the Best, and we actually started it uh, right when COVID happened. Yeah. Um, really just wanted to talk. We Not because of COVID. Not because of COVID. We started it before COVID. Yep. And then the week after we had started, COVID happened. Yeah. And it was really, we found ourselves, um, we're always talking about ways to do things better. 
And that's kind of part of the fun of owning a business is like, "Mm, I don't like that. That didn't work. Let's do this. Yeah. How do you streamline? How do you take the things that are working and expand, expand on those and, and, and just constantly it's like a, it's like a, your, your business is just, when you start, it's just a big block of marble and you slowly, that was loud. Oh, I got a text message. Um, (laughs) And you slowly carve away that marble and keep carving and keep carving until you get this a masterpiece this beautiful masterpiece at the end that's carved out of marble right and then they can and then and then you sell it well i'm just either kidding. that or you take a mold of it and you make multiples oh i like yeah. your analogy he's hey if this is your first time listening he's really good at analogies oh, thank you <laughs> so anyways this is our podcast we talk about real estate and all the things um how to make things better uh, all the things I've learned over 17 years of of trying to make make something happen. And uh, yeah, so I think we'll we'll continue after the break um, talking more about like, you know, what is this new market that we're entering and how do we how do we make that work for us? OK, are you paying attention? Sort of. <laughs> OK, let's take a break. All right, let's take a break. The Think Look B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. Think Look B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinklivebee.com. And we're back. Okay. So if you're listening, <laughs> just kidding. The, um, I say that a lot and then Pat's like, they are listening. Yes, they are listening. So the, the what I keep hearing a lot is that people think that the market is bad, right? Like from an agent perspective. Right. That they think that um, there's not opportunity, I think is the best way to put it. That there's not enough or there's not opportunity. And I think that comes from like reading too many articles, <laughs> reading too many Facebook posts. Well, worried look, about. Here's it. Well, can I say something real quick about okay. those Facebook posts? Sure. The people that spend all day writing long paragraphs in Facebook posts about their experiences and and why the market is what it is and they read this and they read that and you see this big long paragraph of stuff and they're interacting like that yeah sorry <laughs> those people 
should be making their calls. Right. They're not they're not doing their job. They're on Facebook. They're on Facebook mm-hmm. all day writing these long paragraphs or on Reddit or something like that. It's like the people who are out there doing it, they don't have time for that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do not listen to those people. Those people are do not that that is that look at if there's anyone in your office that's doing well, then it can be done. Yeah. If there's anyone out there that's doing well and is 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 making the sales and making then that's it, right? It can I be actually, done. actually like I remember when I first got started, I remember kind of have like thinking that a few times like you know, you'd see somebody who was doing well and and I would say, "Okay, well if that person can do it, right?" right? Yeah. And it's not like a knock on them, it's just you know, I'm I'm not a stupid person, right? And it doesn't actually take a lot of smarts to do this job. What it takes is drive and determination. And that's the one thing I think that you can't, like, I can't motivate somebody. You either have motivation or you don't. And I don't, I, you have to find that deep within. And I think people's motivation, sometimes they're just not clear. And I've, I've felt that way before. Like people will say like, what's your big why? And, the, and trying to figure out like, why are you, why are you doing this? And it's hard to come up with that big ultimate, why am I doing this? Right thing but even just something like what are you here for because just wanting to be like I want to be a successful agent that looks like a fun thing to do (laughs) is not enough to get up and do what's required Mm -hmm. to actually have sales and then if you think there's less opportunity today then you have to do more activities Right. right so then you actually have to put in more effort it doesn't mean you have to work longer hours, by the way. It just means you have to be more efficient. So like as an example, I did, Um, we track all of our numbers. Did I talk about this before with open houses? I'm sure we have, but you can get, <laughs> if you did, it was a while ago. Was Phoebe there? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, We track all of our numbers. So when somebody wants to do an open house on the team, they put in the request, they put in the time, and then we track the leads, and then we track the output, like how many people came through and what was the time and day that that open house happened. What that allows us to do is to actually like on occasion do a graph and see what was the most effective time to do an open house based on our results. Mm -hmm. And we found here, I don't know about, you know, anywhere else, but here we found Saturday one to three was the best time to do an open house on the weekend of any times on the weekends. All you know, cause we, we do have people doing them on Sundays and have people doing them in the mornings and then late afternoons and all everywhere in between. Yep. And after tracking it for years, yep. you build it. Yeah. And I actually, I did like a couple different graphs, like, cause we have tracked it for so long that I did like one, one big one. And then I did one of just the last like four months and all, all of the results are the same. It was Saturday one to three. And I actually remember we did this, um, I don't know, probably two eh, year and a half ago, two years ago. And it was the same. Mm. It was the same, which tells me that if I want to work smarter, I'm not going to go. Yes, I could do open houses on, on Sunday from 10 to 12. Broker open on Wednesday night. Let's pour some wine and bring some food in, right? You'll hear, you'll see people do that. And you can do those things. And it's Mm -hmm. not that you can't get something out of that, by the way. But if I want to work smarter, Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do maybe two open houses and break it up over that one to three time. Right. Right. So that I, in two different price points, different locations, so that I make the most of my time. That's working smarter, not harder. 
same thing with like, um, calling, calling old leads. Like people have this habit of, I need to read the entire history of this lead before I pick up the phone and dial. That what if they bought a house since since they've inquired about one of looking our looking up on Orange County? Orange County is where we live. Um, yeah. Looking up on the county property appraiser site to see if they right. bought a house before you pick up the phone to dial. And what a waste of time because you that phone called- number might not even be valid anymore, right. or they might not answer, or you could call and they could hang up on you. Doesn't matter. The point is. It's an inefficient way to do your legion, but I understand that people do it. I see it all the time. And so you almost want to give buyers agents just the list without the names. I've done that before. You just call and whoever answers you, if it's a, you just say, hello, (laughs) and my, my name is X from X. And then you get in your script. You don't even have like, why bother? Right. This is a numbers game. Yeah. This is a numbers game. So every time you take a step to validate something is two steps, two other people that you could have called. Well, so there's there's like an efficiency um, chart that you can probably find online or something. But um, I don't know my phone or I'd look it up. But there's an efficiency chart that tells you like how many contacts you should make per hour to be uh, low efficiency, medium or high. Right. So if you're sitting down and saying, I'm going to lead Jen. Monday morning at 9 a.m. I'm going to lead Jen for the next hour. What would the you don't know off the top of your head what that of what a, a, an efficient agent would dial? Um, no, but I can I can go um, I can go grab my computer. We'll, we'll maybe we'll take another little mid break um, in a few minutes and I'll up. look it up. Okay. But the, the point is, so if you want to do better, if you find that there seems to be less people saying yes right now then you have to look at those methods to, and you really want it, right? Because desire is the first the first thing. You have to really want it. You have to want to do it so badly for whatever that reason is, that goal, that you're willing to do the extra effort that it might take. Yeah, You're willing to put in a little bit extra effort. And so then what does that look like? It looks like figuring out what's the best way to do open houses. It's figuring out um, what's the best time to call people. That's another another method of like you could track, you could do um, different time call blocks mm-hmm. during the week and yeah. see which one you made more contacts in. And not just. And then reschedule your week. Yeah. And not just that, but when you're tracking, it's not just the calls, but who are you calling? So maybe it's easier to get a hold of your sphere people in the afternoons later in the day. And so, but when you're calling open house leads, that's better to get a hold of people in the morning earlier in the week. And then once you start tracking those things, then it's, well, how many appointments did I set? And from, from those calls, right? So I got a hold of the, all the open house people, but not until the end of the week, but the ones I got a hold of in the beginning of the week, uh, when I made those calls, those are, I'm setting more appointments that way. So when, when, and we've said multiple times on the show and we will continue to, we track everything. You, you're not going to start by tracking everything. That's like, um, create, having a new hard drive and building it out with 10,000 folders and having nothing in the folders. It doesn't make any sense to do that. Right. So you have to start somewhere with the most basic thing. And then as you start implementing new things, then you set it up in a way, how am I going to track this? 
how is that going how is that going to work and that is how you find out where the problems are so with yourself or once you start to hire agents where their problems are if if we can't figure out why x agent isn't setting appointments and where the problem lies we can't help them do a better job we have to be able to figure out is is the problem with them setting appointments with with uh their scripts or is it that they're not making enough calls or where, where is the problem lie? And that only way to do it is to track everything all the time, because as a, as a team leader, you're not standing over them all the time to be able to do that. You have the, the only way for you to know what's going on is to have them tracking. So, and they're supposed to be doing the tracking themselves, right? But so you have to be on top of them and make sure that all of that stuff is being done. Well, so that goes back to the the um, implementing systems and tools. And then you've got to hold people accountable to using those because that's the I think a, a big gap that that I have is that there's some sometimes people do not put their numbers in and it me, it makes it so that I can't do my job as a team owner and as a leader if I don't know what the true numbers are, then I can't figure out where the issues are. Right. Like you were saying. And so you can want this as bad as, as you want, but if you don't pay attention to those key performance indicators and you don't put them down on paper or an Excel spreadsheet, then we don't know where the issues are. Right. Is it the market or is it that you actually haven't made any calls this week? Right. Right. And, or have you made the calls and it's and and you've set the appointments, but they're not showing up. Right. You have to know like, where the gaps are, mm-hmm. but you can only do that by tracking. Tra- if you track everything. Right. And then the biggest thing is that you cannot just come in and do something once or for a week. Mm, yeah. It has to be done. That's the hard one. That's the hard one. Is what oh, is that? What it is, is. That's the hard one. Right. Is is. And we see it. It's like, what mud can I throw at the wall this week to see what happens? Nope, that didn't work. Let me try this. Nope, that didn't work. Let me try this. It's so hard when somebody isn't, if you're a single agent and nobody's saying, hey, follow this path and you're trying to figure it out on your own. It's like, think about like wandering around in the woods in the dark and being like, I think I'll go this way. And you take like 15 steps and you're like, hmm. I don't know if this is the right way. So you decide to backtrack and go uh, another direction. It's like you don't know where you're going or what you're doing. That's what this book helps with. But at the same time, it's like that makes it really, really difficult. You're just you're like uh, you don't give it enough time to see if it's actually working before you start switching it up. I had a conversation once I'm on the agent leadership council and and I have been off and on for a long time and. Uh, one time my team leader asked if I would talk to somebody that was a newer agent and kind of struggling and stuff. And I asked the guy like, what, what have you been doing, you know, to generate business? And, you know, he listed off the things. I mean, there's just like a couple of things. I mean, it's like, yeah, there's not a ton of stuff. There's no magic pill. Like you just have to do it consistently over time. And he tells me some of the things and one of them is open houses. And I said, okay, so how many open houses have you done? And I don't remember the number. And I was like, okay, so how have you been following up with them? And he's like, well, I called them and I'm like, okay. And then what? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, well, that's never going to work. Yeah. Right. 
we know, and, and there's plenty of training and things that that person should have known that one phone call after an open house is not enough. Leave a message, say, give me a call back. (laughs) It's not enough to, to get results. And, um, you have to know your numbers, right? So it, like I said before, if, if a normal market is like a 5%, so if I meet 20 people, I should be able to set one appointment or, um, not meet, talk to, if I talk to 20 people, I should be able to set one appointment or get one referral. And if the market changes and it's more like two and a half percent and I did, you know, three open houses and I've only met 15 people and I've only called them once. It's zero. It's it's zero. Your numbers, like the economic model and lead gen model will tell you that that's going to get you zero results. Mm -hmm. So it feels like you're doing stuff, right? Because I called all these people, but it's like you're, but that's because you don't know your numbers. So then you need to do, you know, in this, in this scenario, in a normal market, well, if you did three open houses, you met 15 people, you need to do another before you'd even have enough people. But then you need to follow up with them using the eight by eight plan. Right. And then going into a 33 touch that it talks about in the book, that's how you convert it. And not just that. It's not just the initial like, hey, I met somebody, they should want to work with me. And not just that, but if you hit the 40 people, right, then to, to set one appointment 20. Well, in a good in, mar- in, a, in the good market. Okay, in a normal, well, well, let's just say that normal. Let's just say that that in a normal market, it's 20 people to set one appointment and you talk to 20 people and you didn't set anything. And then you talk to 40 people and you didn't set anything. It's kind of like flipping a coin. Right. 50 percent of the time it lands on heads. 50 percent of the time it lands on tails. That's after you've flipped it a thousand times. It averages out to that. Not if you flipped it twice. Well, yes. Yeah. So, so your first 20 people, <clears throat> you may have. Well, because here's the other thing. Is it'll that average out over years. It'll average it's out. It's over time. Yeah. Everything's over time. And that's where people like yeah. expect this immediate thing to happen. And it's like. And it's hard because you do you expect. Four, you expect four open houses will, you know. Yeah. Do more. Right. <laughs> then come back to me and talk to me about. Yeah. Do that. Do more. After you've done 100 open houses this year. Do more and then make sure you have a follow-up plan that you're touching them every, like they should be called every single day until you get them on the phone. Mm -hmm. Do all of that and then come back to me. Yeah. You can't complain about things not working if you're not fully implementing and executing the plan. Right. And, or just don't have one. Right. I'm going to try, I think that's the main thing is not, I'm going to try this for a while for a few weeks and then I'm going to get bored of it and I'm going to go, I read about this other thing or I saw somebody post about, they they were seeing success with this. So I'm going to try that. And then you just try that for a few weeks. And then all of a sudden the year has gone by and you've made 10 sales and you're like, well, why is none of this stuff working? That's why, right? It's because you're jumping from thing, thing to thing. And then like, I, I think I said this morning to Catherine, I was like, you see people do that. And then eventually it's, I'm going to scrape together the my last $500 and buy some postcards and send them out to the neighborhood and wait for the phone to ring. And that's usually when you see people get out of the business. Is right. They spent their last 500 bucks and now they're done. And they're going to go back to their other job. Um sorry. No, it's okay. I I was just going to say there's like there's a quote that that you know, if you if you want to know what your future holds, look at your actions. And I think that's that's the key thing is what are you doing every day? And if you've only been doing this a little while, don't give up because it takes time. 
to yeah. build a pipeline, like going back to open houses, because they're just, I feel like open houses are such an well, easy, tangible thing to explain to people. It is. It's the best way to do it. But you can average, you know, it's like you do, not every house is a winner and not every house is going to, every open house, it's going to rain and stuff. And you're going to get two people through and you'll do an open house next week at a different house and you'll get 12 people through and stuff. But if you're averaging, let's say, five people that are filling out the, your that where you're filling out their um their contact information for for them because that's how we do it um if you're averaging five at, at the end of the day per open house and you're doing two open houses a week that's 10 and then you're doing that for for 50 weeks out of the year what's that I don't 500 know. okay okay those are 500 people that you should be calling over and over and over again. Now, of course, some of those people are going to turn into clients of yours. Other ones are never going to call you back. But you keep adding this in every single year. And you've got this and you keep in contact with these people, calling them and calling them and calling them. It turns into a really good lead source. These are all people who walked into a house, right? But you can't stop. You can't call once and be like, that's it. And then move on. These, this is you spent all those hours setting up that open house, going into that open house, getting all that information to call them once, and then just be like, it's three weeks later, and you're never going to call them again. Yeah. Well, and I think, um, well, besides the fact that you know, pe- people, we live in a, a society. We live in a society, <laughs> and everybody has this immediate. Like, I can order paper towels and get them delivered probably today, mm-hmm. and you expect like this fast results for everything and that's just not how it works in business for any kind of business like you have to develop uh, clients and nurture them and then turn them into a sale and then hopefully over time they turn into repeat business too that's the next step and referrals um but it, it just it takes time and if you don't give it the proper time and consistent action then you won't ever see the benefits of this business right? because you'll get out before, right before something happens. There's a book, I have not read it in years, but it's Think and Grow Rich. And um, if I remember it correctly, it's like little stories about people, like successful people. I was written like maybe in the 20s or 30s. I mean, it's an old book, but it's little stories of successful people and how how many times they failed before they actually had their success. And if they had stopped at that first time or second time or 50th time, then they wouldn't have, you know, invented the light bulb or they wouldn't have created this. And so just think about that every time you're doing these consistent actions that feel in the moment like a grind. Remember that it's that consistency that will lead to the results and nothing else. It really is the most important thing. Yeah. It's the most important thing is to be consistent with your and uh, with everything. But really, we're talking about lead gen here. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the engine of the business. Yeah, it's your the job, only thing yeah. that, that matters. You're, 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 the majority of your time should be spent, how am I going to, who am I going to call and how am I, who, what more people can I call? Yeah. How many people am I going to get in contact with today? How And how do I get more people to get in contact with? Like that's that's the majority of your time. And if you do that, then you will have time to go and look for pretty houses for people. But if you don't do the first part, you'll never be able to do the second part. So don't spend your time letting somebody suck your time so that you, because you're surfing around on MLS all day looking for one buyer when you're supposed to be making calls to 40 other people. 
you know, so um, we talk about a lot about like measuring the results and tracking because it, in the MRA book that we just finished up, like it, it talks a lot about that too, because that's the only way you know where you're going. It's like, first you have to have a vision for the future. Then you have to draw out the plan or the map to get there. But then you need to know where you're at at all times to know if you're on the right track to get to the end goal. Mm-hmm. And so often I will see, like, we have a, a pretty, like, okay. If anybody's taken bold, if you know what that is, there's a minimum contact of 20 people a day. And the reason is because we know that that would lead to two plus appointments mm-hmm. based on the 5% contact to set. Right. And depending on who you are as an agent and your experience, how many of those appointments taken turn into actual clients. Right. So, so, but our minimum contact is 10, 10 per day. And, you know, even that can feel like a lot if you have other stuff going on. Like if you're showing properties and going on appointments, that 10, 10 extra contacts on top of that can feel like a lot. But here's the key point of that. The 10 contacts comes before all of the other stuff. It has to, or you don't have anything in three months. Right. So you have to make sure that no matter what your priorities are, 10 contacts or 20 or whatever your minimum standard is, that happens before you leave the office to go to do the appointment, before you leave to go to the inspection, before anything else. And then you work to manage your efficiency that so that 10 contacts can happen f- faster than three hours, right? You may- if you can make... 20 contacts in three hours instead of 10, well, now you're going to double your results. Your job is to make, is to protect that time. So that inspection, all of those things, you try your best to schedule those closings, all of that stuff, not during your lead gen time. You do your best to make sure that that you're protecting it at all, at all costs. Every once in a while, there's going to be nothing you can do about it, which is why it's so important to take advantage of it when you've got it. And stuff. So it's like that is the most important thing is to covet your time for that lead gen and to not stop doing that because it's so easy to be like, well, I've got to show these people houses. I've got to put together blah, blah, blah and stuff. It is not as important as the lead gen. Those people are already your clients. So you're already treating them great. They already think it's like you do not stop on a Monday morning at nine o'clock and you should not, MLS should not be open. You shouldn't be returning emails. You need to be lead generating, which means looking for new business, not contacting people that you've already talked to that are coming in that or whatever, already your clients looking for new business for those first three hours of the day. And don't let anything get in the way of it. If you can manage that and do that and be um, disciplined for that, you will be successful. It really is that easy. That is the most if all of the other stuff that's flying by you and uh, and everything and is confusing and stuff. If you just look at that one piece and really covet that and and hold on to that, that is going to be the thing that propels you to success. And I'll go back to um leverage. So when you start to leverage and have other people working for you, they need to understand that same importance and I've I've had you know, assistants that will schedule things in hours that are supposed to be dedicated to Legion. And it's because, and this is what I've realized, it's because they're afraid to say no to somebody. Right. And 
that is the first thing that you need to like, they need to protect your time. That's one of their main jobs is protect your time. And uh, with assume a newer agent who's listening to this would say the same thing about their own schedule. Yes, that should be like one of your- client says, can we do this on Tuesday morning? And you go, you don't want to say no. So you say yes. And now look. So you should really look at it like this. Like my, I have two main priorities. One is to protect my time and the other is to lead Jen in the morning. And if you do that every single day consistently over time, results will show up. And I know it's hard. Like I am not trying to pretend that I am perfect in any way, shape or form. But that is the key to long-term success and consistent success. And the, it's really the only thing that you have control over. Mm-hmm. And you think you don't. <laughs> it's You don't have brick and mortar. You don't have a product you're selling like an actual tangible product. The only thing that you have is your time. Yeah. That is your value. That is your thing. That well, you is- have control of your time and you have control over the actions that you take during that time. Mm-hmm. And but you you don't 100% have control over your results because they can yeah. <laughs> they can lag and and they can lag like weeks and years the the actual results. So right. the only thing you have control over is how long you're going to spend doing that one most important activity and how are you going to protect your time to do that so that the results show up because they always will. And if they don't, then you're doing something wrong in the execution right, but you should of be, the actions. But you can only know that. Right. If you're doing. If you're doing the actions. Right, and tracking. And tracking. Because that's the only way you can really know right. that you've done the activities. So I think it tracking is so important. So if you track nothing else, if you're brand new and you're like, I don't know what to track. If you track nothing else, track the number of people you're calling and talking to every single day. Mm-hmm. And then if you set an appointment, so dials, contacts, set, held, taken, pending, closed. But start with dials and contacts until you set that first appointment and then write that down. And then if you hold it, write it down. And then if you take it and then you build to where you're tracking dial, all, all of it. dials, contacts, set, held, taken, pending, closed. Right. And then you'll find conversion numbers, but we'll talk about that some other time. Well, we did. and I'm sure we did. We did in the... Probably in the economic model episode, if you want to know more about like how do you build backwards to say I want to sell X number of homes, how do I do that? How many people do I need to talk to every day? You can work backwards using the economic model. Right. That's that. Ladies and gentlemen, the question you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Questions from question from the web i've had my license and have been active for nine months now and i haven't closed any deals i've written letters to close family and friends and i try to post enough on facebook without being annoying i'm still holding on to a serving job because i fear going full-time in real estate i'm not scared of hard work but i'm scared of spending money on things that won't reap any benefits what are the top two or three things that have propelled your business? Okay. So um, I like that you're reaching out to your friends and family. That's a huge part of building a real estate business is touching your sphere. I think my first question would be... Consistency? Well, like how how much... With what we just talked about in this episode? Yeah. It's being consistent? It's random, but yeah. Like 
if you send one letter with a business card and expect to get results, I mean, that's just not going to work. So you have to have a plan in place. So following the MREA model, that would be a 33 touch or um, these days it's more like 40 or so. There's so many things going on that they've discovered that right. you actually need to touch them. And more if you times. don't, if you don't have the money for the postcards and things like that, like the, it sounds like from this, then you have to compensate with more time being spent on personal touches. Yeah. So you could, you could set up a, um, a touch program, right? Which would be like, I'm going to do four calls per year, uh, four social media messages, Maybe um, if you don't have the money to do direct mail for like uh, comments on social media, like in their comments, not just um, likes, you mean not likes, right, not comments likes. Yeah. into their whatever posts into their posts, plus um, 12 emails, um, birthday card, anniversary, do some kind of event, even if it's like super small. I'm telling you that ice cream social is super inexpensive. Anybody can do that. Um We've done, we've talked about that. Yeah. So go listen to a different episode about client events and you will have hit them enough time so that they think of you for real estate. So it's not one right. message and, isn't enough. And then I want to just and, touch on and be, and be specific like she, she or he, I'm not sure which, um, said I tried to post enough on Facebook without being annoying. Hold on. Does, I was just going to oh, get into that. Okay. Let me get on a rant real quick. Okay. <laughs> okay. Posting on social media is not lead generation. That drives me insane. Yeah. Like that's not lead generation. No. That's marketing, by the way. And it's yeah. the most passive form of marketing. It doesn't. You've got to, You've got in order for that to work, you've got to be reaching tens of thousands of people every single day. So so here's the thing. It's not that you don't post on social media. You do, but that's not lead gen. So don't mix that in mm-hmm. and say that it is. Okay. That's to have if you were messaging people on Facebook Messenger, fe- Facebook Messenger, <clears throat> excuse me, the algorithm will put your Facebook posts in front of those people more frequently. Mm-hmm. So then they might actually see what you post. But you just posting and having, you know, your aunt or your grandma me- like and comments like you look beautiful today. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't help you generate business. So throw throw that out. You could actually not do that at all um, in your first few years and it wouldn't matter. As long as you have a 40 touch program to talk to those sphere people consistently and that you have their phone number, email, mailing address so that you can do those things consistently. So that's the other thing. How many people are in that list? Right. Like, oh, I put together a list of 50 people. That's not enough Mm -hmm. people to generate anything. Right. We just talked about numbers. Right. So. So then what are the to answer the question? What are the sources? Right. Well, one is sphere building a sphere list to 200 as quickly as you can first like 30 60 days and then you start them on a 40 touch plan right that means you should be able to set appointments or get referrals from that group of people in your first 90 days if you're on facebook to this point where you're like i'm posting on facebook and blah 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 you should be able to between facebook instagram any any other uh, social media sources that you use and the people that you know, you should be able to build a list of 200 people from that. And I'm talking about people that would know your name if you said it or know your face if you said it. Not your friends. Of course, put your friends in there. Every single person that you would know, you build that list to 200 people and then you get all of their information. You get their name, first and last name, you get their address, you get their phone number, and you get your email by reaching out to them via social media. 
So then the second thing is open houses. And I use this regularly because it's one of the things that I did that helped start my business because how do you meet people that want to buy houses? <laughs> you go where they're looking at houses. Like it's super logical. Um, but like we talked about, it takes time to build a list of people and set appointments. Mm-hmm. You can't expect to go do one and have you, have a bunch yeah. of buyers. Your script, you got to learn all those scripts. You've got to learn how to. Yeah, there's you know, skills there's... involved in getting people to want to work with you. Um, and the only way to do it is practice. Yeah. So it was not going to start tomorrow, but you've you've got to start tomorrow. Right. But you're not going to start seeing success. You might see a little bit. Yeah, you can you get easily see. Look, you can get lucky, yeah. and somebody just walks in and is like, so "I want to buy this house." Yeah, or, or like, "I like the cut of your jib, and I'm going to work with you and stuff." It's like that's that happens all the time and stuff. You you wouldn't know unless you're doing the open houses, but over time you can, <laughs> over time you can really um, say, ex, "I." Over time, you'll be able to say, "I'm going to do this many open houses, and I know that's going to generate this many sales." So, for me. so do open houses consistently grind as we say do as many as you can work smart Saturdays one to three we found that that works most effectively track your results um, and see which time frame gets you the most people through the door and I would say like when you're reaching out to other agents let's say you don't have a listing right and there's a listing shortage still in most places which means it's hard to sometimes feel like it's hard you think it's hard to find open houses to hold open Okay, whether that's true or not. But think of it like this. How many people do you need to talk to to set an appointment? 20, right? In a good, like normal market. Stop saying good and bad. A normal market. Um, So how many people do you think you need to talk to to find an open house? Probably 20. (laughs) Like, I mean, it's just a numbers thing, right? Now, some weeks you can maybe find one in the first five people you talk to. Maybe you build some relationships with people that you know don't ever hold open houses. And so you can always get their listings if they have any. Whatever it is. So then it might only be a few conversations. But think about it the same way as lead gen. Don't spend hours on it. Just go reach out to 20 agents that have listings and ask them if you can hold it open. And if that doesn't work, go hit another 20 until you find one. Right. And what? And don't. Here's the other thing. You don't reach out to one agent. Say, hey, can I do an open house at your listing this week? And then stop and wait for them for the next day for them to go oh yeah somebody else is already doing that and then you reach out to the next one reach out to all of them and then take the first one that comes and then when the other people say i are actually i already got well you send out an email and say never mind i already have one but i'd love to be able to do one next week if 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 it's available still yeah and then you're already setting up the next one you know what i mean like i can see people reaching out to one agent and then saying, okay, I reached out. I can, I can, uh, close my blinders on that and, and say, I did it. And I'll just sit here and wait until they contact me. And by the way, before I reach out to the next agent, like don't, um, so I have a team. And so I try to, if we have listings that are good for open houses, I'm going to give that out to our team first. Right. But sometimes the team isn't available. Or they don't they, want that listing. Or they already have. Or they already have open houses scheduled yeah. when we get a new listing that looks good for an open house. So when you reach out to somebody, like I just gave an open house to somebody that is on, they're on another team mm-hmm. with hundreds of people. I'm sure they could find an open house over there, but she was, she could, like she's looking anywhere and reached out to me. And normally I would have been like, I can't do it, but nobody wants this listing's open house. 
Well, this girl does. So I'll give it to her. Yeah. Right. It helps everybody. And maybe she gets somebody. Maybe she doesn't because the location is is why people on my team don't want it. And uh, it's not like a bad neighborhood. It's, it's a nice home. Further away. And look, whatever. Like just reach out to whoever has listings. But also know that if it's a large team, don't reach out to the, this is just an insider tip, don't reach out to the main agent on there because they're not going to respond to you. Yeah. If there's, if they have a large team of people, you're reaching out to the second agent or somebody's admin. Look mm-hmm. for like, how do I get in touch with their their assistant? Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones who are going to respond to you. Okay. Insider tip. Nice. Flow <laughs> Small win, Kat. You got a small win this week. Well, my small win was your birthday. That's my small win. (laughs) Well, I felt like it was my birthday. I know because we went to Disney, and we went to the Magic Magic Kingdom. Kingdom. Disney World yeah, Magic Kingdom, which Catherine had only been to when she was in high school for project graduation. Yeah. And she was drunk. No. no I'm just kidding. No. In high uh, school. I know. <laughs> um, so it's it's been what, thirty years? What? <laughs> <laughs> that took me a second. How dare you? Um but yeah, we had a nice day. It was it was lovely weather. You know, the it was for there, some reason the weather decided the heat decided to break that weekend. Yeah, and it wasn't super super hot. And um, yeah, and we walked around and my feet hurt. <laughs> our feet still hurt, but we had we had a good time. And yeah. that that's kind of my small win too. But the other one is we are getting ready to sell a house for the first time. Yeah, we've never done that before. We've bought houses lots of times, but we've never actually sold one. Yeah. So I'm uh, getting one of them ready to to sell, and um, things have been moving quicker than with any other house we've ever done because this woman's actually in good shape. <laughs> True. We had already renovated. It was our previous primary residence, and yeah. so we renovated it. It was beautiful. Then we bought this house. And it's been a rental for a couple years and now we're ready to sell it. And I'm very sad. Yeah, I know. I know. But it is a small win to know that what we have to, all we really have to do is get the place cleaned outside of some small little paint and details and stuff like that. It's nice to know that it's not going to take forever. Yes. So, hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps new listeners to find us. Send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a Spotify voicemail with your questions and we'll play it on the show. All info is in the show notes. And for Kat and myself, thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week. Bye. This has been a Think Live Be production.